Let's flip a coin. Bad coin? I mean this DVD copy <laughs> of Why Don't We Do It In Our Sleeves. Welcome to Noclip. I'm Chad Rowlands. I'm JJR Timez. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today we're going to be talking about Detective Pikachu, which is a game that was released in 2018 in the US, 2016 in Japan, which was developed by Creatures Inc. and published by the Pokemon Company. So, uh, guys, are you tired of the breakneck pace <laughs> of a regular Pokemon RPG? It's so fast. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> Detective Pikachu is here to slow things down for you. <laughs> uh, that was my my one joke, really, that I had planned before the episode. Is that all you had written on those notes? It's just like a 20-point <laughs> font joke? <laughs> no, that's just yeah. the first one. But very on point, very on point that joke. I also did not like this game. <laughs> I feel like this is a classic case of us being like, oh, that would be hilarious if we did that. And then we did that for 30 hours mm-hmm. and it was, oh man. Combined, you stretched the, uh, the 12 hour game to a 30 hour game. <laughs> well, I had to sleep. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if Andy agrees with that. I don't necessarily think that I like disliked this game it was just like some really charming cool elements Mm -hmm. in a game that was just like kind of it was like watching a really well-made episode of dora the explorer (laughs) yeah it is it's a good comparison uh it it is very well made It, it is nice and polished um but i think for me the big thing was expectation Uh, I don't know about other people, but when I heard about this game, I thought it seemed like it had a lot of potential. Like, I imagined a cool, interesting game. Mm -hmm. Like, I basically imagined, like, the Telltale version of this Mm -hmm. that is, like, you know, has better writing and puzzle design, you know, and... And not. blood and death and zombies? It, like, but what? What, what it is... Well, there is, was that apom that was <laughs> dead for, like, ten seconds. Yeah, but what it ends up being is if you took that kind of style of game and made it as kid-friendly as you possibly could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, we are not children. We are adults who do cool adult things. And that kind of ruled out Detective Pikachu. I guess not descriptively. We did We did all play Detective Pikachu <laughs> yeah. for too long. But if I could go back in time in this moment <laughs> and talk to myself... But how happy we were, how much energy we were bringing to the table for Mystery May mm-hmm. with Detective Pikachu, I would slap myself right in the chin and just say, no, don't, no, you're making a mistake. You need to tone it down. Yeah, I think, because I don't necessarily think that anything about this game was, like, bad? No. I just think that it was. it's very obviously aimed at an audience that is... is too young to probably be interested in this game for as long as they would need to in order to finish it. It it, it doesn't feel like it's kid-friendly in, like, a DreamWorks animation way where Mm -hmm. it, like, panders to the kids and there's, like, fart jokes and stuff. (laughs) It's, yeah, like we uh, said earlier, like, way more competently made than that. But it's just really... 
bland. Yeah, no risks yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, there's they don't do anything terribly creative with it. Or like, you know what I mean? It's really kind of straightforward. The protagonist is named Tim Goodman. Yeah, that was actually my second note. This is just <laughs> Tim Goodman, huh? <laughs> <laughs> His uh, lost father will end up being John Goodman. <laughs> yeah, it's John Goodman from uh, movies. <laughs> <laughs> from real life. His uncle, Mark, protagonist. <laughs> the, my, and I can't even really like describe this as like a, uh, a take in like a positive or negative way. Yeah. But I, I did, like, I felt like this was Pokemon by way of like a David Cage game, which some people would be like, that sounds cool. And other people would be like, fuck David Cage. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good way of putting it, yeah. It's not even as experimental as David Cage well, games. It's not experimental at all, really. I know. It is for... For Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. like, for creatures and for the Pokemon company to put out a game that was this, like, outside of their typical comfort zone, which is a very well-defined yeah. comfort zone. Yeah. I did... One thing I actually really liked is... I think we... I started to touch on this, and I haven't gone back and listened to that episode in a while, but on the Pokemon episode, I started to try to get into... Like, there's a lot of appeal, I think, in Pokemon to, like, explore the world of Pokemon more in a way that the RPGs never really get to. Right. And this game really kind of delivers on that. Uh, and I think showing all the different Pokemon and, like, their little niches and relationships with each other and to uh, their partners is all pretty interesting. Like, I actually learned some things about Pokemon that I never, you know, really gave the time of day <laughs> like the fact that drifloon sounds like they scream at all <laughs> <Yeah>. times <laughs> oh man i'm i'm fucking marked that down like immediately <laughs> i was like it's weird what did i, I call these out specifically it's been actually like several weeks since i played this game mm -hmm. so like i'm trying to like recall everything as i go through it it you, sounds like you're being very nostalgic about our conversation <laughs> i think it's been a while uh but yeah with voice acted pokemon there's some like really interesting choices that were made <laughs> yeah uh, magnemite speaks like somebody's just flailing their tongue around oh and, yeah <laughs> and the the choice to make phoebus sound like the most annoying thing in the entire world <laughs> that feels like it makes sense yeah though. i hate phoebus I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah i guess it's kind of fair it's just good world building when you make something that's really annoying and stupid in universe also annoying and stupid to us <laughs> yeah, yeah just really hateable mm -hmm. you know in a <laughs> In a strong way. <laughs> but no, I, I did actually really appreciate the number and diversity of Pokemon that were showcased. Yeah, I was surprised how long it took to see a Gen 1 Pokemon that wasn't Pikachu. Yeah. Like, that, that really surprised me. They, I thought it was smart that they picked a lot of Gen 5 Pokemon because Unova was based on, like, urban areas mm -hmm. as a Pokemon region, and a lot of the Pokemon were designed to, like, be at home in, like, a city environment. Like Trubbish, the homeless-type Pokemon. Yes, the garbage Pokemon, <laughs> quite literally. Yeah. Garboder also plays a, a role in this game, which is nice. <laughs> uh, he, he does not give very much respect. Mm-hmm. Also, Klefki, super annoying oh, yeah. to me, <laughs> super annoying in the game. Mm -hmm. This game feels like if you had a 3D animated episode, or even, I guess, a whole arc, really, of the Pokemon anime, 
and you removed all characters from it and instead just like followed a guy named Tim Goodman. <laughs> it was exactly like that name sounds. Yeah, what sucks is that the movie, which at the time of release will have come out yesterday, uh, didn't change that at all. Like, his name is still... Is it Goodman? I think they may have changed his last name. I'm not sure. But his name is still Tim, which is going to recall Tim Goodman, worst yeah. character ever. I'm, yeah, I've only seen, like, the initial trailer for Detective Pikachu, and from what I remember of it, it looks like it's going to have the exact same plot as the game, yeah. which makes me a little sad. But... <laughs> Early reviews say the movie's good, so... It's got that Ludicolo waitress in it, so... <laughs> it does. I, it does. I was... Because I'd seen the trailer for the movie. This was the part of the podcast where we are talking about the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> before I saw... Uh, or played the game, rather. I knew about the game. I had the Amiibo. And <laughs> it was all set, really. Uh, but... It was weird to see the to start playing the game and realize how many things were just sort of like one to one ported over, uh, like with Ludicolo for some reason being in the movie and all of that stuff. Like the Apom is gonna be there, I guess, stealing <laughs> shit necklaces. But like the trailer for the film feels so much more self-aware just by virtue of the fact that it's in a different medium. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this game feels less out there and more comfortable because you're playing it on a DS and you saw similar but less fleshed out versions of these relationships in, like, all of the Gen 5 Pokemon games. Mm-hmm. It, I, I'm almost worried that playing this game will make watching the movie worse. <laughs> <laughs> When uh, I expected it to be better. This uh, is, I mean, this is the price we pay to have timely, relevant content. <laughs> on accident. Yeah, not on accident. We, we suggested this game for Mystery May. Or at least I didn't realize the movie was coming out in May and that they would line up. <laughs> yeah, I did, sort of. Oh, okay. But uh, I didn't you, you know exactly s- how close yeah. it was. But, uh... The, I've robbed your Ryan Reynolds <laughs> experience, I'm yeah. sorry. But the, the game, as polished as it may be and as nice as it looks for a 3DS game, mm-hmm. in my opinion anyway, uh, it feels like a budget title to me, and the movie feels like a big budget like blockbuster film, which I think makes the movie seem... Like, you just look at it and it feels like it has more care put into it. Yeah, it's like if Universal put out... Like the summer blockbuster version of Audio Surf. <laughs> like it, it's like I feel like the source material really doesn't warrant this treatment, but like good on you, I guess. Like, uh, no, I'm actually really glad that it's getting like a second chance. Mm-hmm. I guess. I guess. I feel like this game didn't sell that well. Right. It was mostly. One, the concept is really appealing to people. Yeah. And so I think that's why, like, things sort of panned out the way they did with them making a movie. Mm-hmm. And two, that fucking trailer where they placed, uh, uh, Danny DeVito. Yeah, Danny DeVito's voice over, over the Japanese detective Pikachu, who sounds in the original Japanese really goddamn funny. <laughs> uh,. And I've appreciated a lot. Like, of the 
the four potential voice actors, the Japanese voice actor, the English voice actor for the game, Danny DeVito, <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds. I actually think the Japanese voice actor is my favorite of, of them. Yeah, I was going to lead into that question uh, and ask what you thought of the voice actor for Pikachu in the English version. Right. Probably the entire reason this got a movie carrying the performance on his shoulders that hard. Yeah, I, I, I like it a lot, mm-hmm. which makes me dislike Ryan Reynolds as Detective Pikachu <laughs> even more than I already did. But I think that the English voice actor for Pikachu does a really good job with the material. I think that I like that in all iterations they've given him an inflection that doesn't really fit Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just sort of like makes it kind of come together where you're like, oh, well, he's like this wild, like, outside of the the box interpretation of the character and i I do like that i'd like to get real for a second here all right not just ground it keeping it real the premise is very good The, the premise of detective pikachu hilarious but it's not hilarious by virtue of the detective being pikachu what is appealing about this to me is taking this like cute little adorable marketing icon and putting him in in a newer setting. Mm -hmm. And I would have found this just as entertaining if it was like Detective Sonic or like (laughs) Detective Goofy. Ooh, that actually sounds like a really good idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, That sounds like the least appealing thing. (laughs) Because like, they don't... Because the thing, what's appealing about Pikachu, and the reason that I just hard disagree with you on this, is that Pikachu is not an established character outside of like, Ash's Pikachu, in which case his personality is established as like that of how Pokemon are treated in the Pokemon anime, which is as animals. Like Pikachu is effectively a a, a more intelligent than the average cat. In that, I would bet you forty six dollars. The first mother I find outside will mm-hmm. not understand the difference between Ash's Pikachu and just Pikachu. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, and so I think that giving a Pikachu this voice and this like job and this <laughs> manner of thinking is something that is inherently funny. Whereas in the case of Sonic or Goofy, <laughs> these are words I'm saying in sequence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just expect it to be that character playing a part, even though that's kind of a weird disconnect from like what fiction is. <laughs> It would be, like, unless it was just, like, something that looked exactly like Sonic, but was nothing like Sonic in any way. That's what I mean. mean. New York Sonic. Sonic, but, like, he he smokes constantly, (laughs) complains about a wife that he's no longer married to. To Shadow the Hedgehog. (laughs) Shadow Shadow the Hedgehog is exactly Detective Shadow. And Shadow is an inherently funny concept Uh to someone like me, because it seems outlandishly mature for its, like, (laughs) other design elements. While I think Detective Goofy would be hilarious, uh, I do agree with Chad. Or I, I like the idea, because I've always kind of disliked how hard Ash's Pikachu's personality is stuck to Pikachu just as a Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I feel like having this other interpretation that's well-liked and like well-done helps kind of like even that out to be just like Pikachu is just a Pokemon and not specifically Ash's Pokemon. Right. I'd... 
I agree it's better for us. It's better for understanding the Pokemon <laughs> universe. But I kind of almost wish that they do the exact opposite and instead have defined characters for, like, as many other Pokemon as they can afford to give them to. In a similar way that, like, Ash's Charizard has kind of just, like, become the Charizard personality. The kind of, like, dickish, standoffish, go-your-own-way, Shadow the Hedgehog <laughs> kind of character. He's a... I don't know how to pronounce this. Sundare? <laughs> You pronounce that pretty good for someone who doesn't know how to pronounce that, <laughs> yeah, Chad. But that's his, uh, that's the Charizard's mm -hmm. personality. Yeah. He wants to be loved, but he yeah. can't show it. Yeah, like, I want to see, like, what Drifloon is like. And even this game really did not give me a lot of that, like, personalized Drifloon characterization. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Whereas, I, I if given a, like, larger budget and scale, I think they could get more into that kind of stuff. Like, at least giving a couple of other Pokemon strong uh, characteristics mm -hmm. instead of just... Like, because, like, you want to have, like, enough just, like, Pokemon out and around to ask for testimony and yeah. stuff as you do in the game. But having, like, a couple other Pokemon that also were more established characters in the story would probably be a benefit to the game. Mm -hmm. I had a thought while I was playing this, and I don't know if this, like, really goes against what you're saying or is just, like, a more mild interpretation is what I would want, but, like, the fact that you can talk to Pokemon and they give, like, a reasonable, thought-out testimony whenever you do... I think really sort of detracts and makes Pokemon feel less, and this could be what they were going for, but they feel less other, which makes them less interesting. Like, when Pokemon are animals, I, like, I'm fine with Detective Pikachu being able to talk, because there's, like, a, there's a mystery and a reason behind it. <laughs> Whereas, like, him just, like, going up to a Burmy and being like, hey, what's up? And he's like, some kid kicked a fucking ball at me. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, this Burmy is like, can hold grudges. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it would be, I think, more interesting and even add a little bit of more challenge to the game if Pikachu was more like interpreting what they say and it was less just like, clearly scripted dialogue mm -hmm. you know if it was a little bit more broken you know like that could i think that could be an interesting spin on it i could but like the very like, it would make sense that like not all pokemon would be able to easily communicate with each other like there'd be dumber pokemon yeah and like stupid may maybe yeah stupid ass pokemon <laughs> uh but also like maybe like not i want to imply that each like different type of Pokemon would have like a different language. Like there's a, there's like... a Pokemon Master Race. There's like a better Pokemon. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay. What do you think the dumbest Pokemon is, Andy? Uh, the breed. Dunsparce. Okay. Dunsparce. I, I honestly I was going to like maybe try and debate that, but no, it's, it's <laughs> Dunsparce. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, if there was more of like a barrier with communicating with the other Pokemon. I think that could be interesting. It's, if, if there was me mechanical ways to try and have you independently like analyze that and work around it, yes. But it just seems like an issue with the base premise that came up way too quickly 
to me that like all the Pokemon speak in cries and every line you have to read is like and then translated by Pikachu immediately afterward. Right. It like increases the length of time for any testimony situation by like 20% and kind of reduces the amount of variability in what you're getting because everything is interpreted through Detective Pikachu. Well, you also have to like consider that like in the case of our description of like make the Pokemon more animalistic the way that they are treated throughout Pokemon as a franchise <laughs> for over 20 years at this point also necessitates taking the current design of the game and just scrapping all of it. <laughs> like, and replacing it with a different game. Yes. Like, a differently designed, yeah. similar game. Because basically you just would have to rely less on Pokemon for testimony and more use them as evidence, which I think could be just as interesting, but overall... I, it just wouldn't work in the in the game the way that it is right now. You could do like some mystery dungeon bullshit, and you have every Pokemon be the only like main characters, and people are just like this weird other force that you have to deal with in your Pokemon life. It isn't like Tim Goodman really adds that much <laughs> to it. Does realistically, not, no. he's just a plot device that you happen to control. <laughs> yes, think about how good it would be if Detective Pikachu was like a hard talking copachu that's on his own just on the streets living in like mouse holes and stuff i see i feel like he needs someone to play it needs it needs to have that buddy cop feel there needs to be another character other yeah. than detective pikachu he that would a be partner nice. yeah but yeah. he could all but that could also be a pokemon yeah like he yeah. could be he could be palling around with like a guard of war like a hitmonlee or like <laughs> some other like relatively humanoid po- mr po- mime yeah in <laughs> <Mr>. pikachu <laughs> uh but yeah, that's basically, like, I, I get, like, a read on this game as it trying to be like other games that I've played, like uh, Ace Attorney or, like, uh, 999 actually has sort of a, their parallels there. Um, but, like, it just feels so scaled down as compared to all of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, like, the logic mechanics are just so hand-holdy. It was just painful for me as an adult to like be like, oh, that's what it is. Oh, I've got like 19 more steps the game's going to make me do yeah. to make it like a bulletproof logical defense literally <laughs> laid out in a grid before me before you let me move on. Well, and even sometimes it's not even that bulletproof. Sometimes like it's making conjecture <laughs> that no reasonable person would. Yeah. Like I'm trying to come up with a good uh, like explanation for this one, but like. I like a, an example here, but the the one that comes to mind, I guess, is like when there's the 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 whole like the runaround with the on the island where you have to prove that the the what are those guys called the little dudes who carry girders but they don't uh, carry girder timber timber okay carried the box to the other side of the island. And the way it was like somebody made a, a box with a circle on it and then put a sticker on the box to make it a donut shape. And I was like, or someone could have just been like, carry those over there. <laughs> we have like 15 like other reasons why people wouldn't be around and why they would just obey that. <laughs> like, I don't understand why we have to put a box together in a simple like puzzle to do it. I don't know. Yeah, I ended up like after the second... Uh episode or chapter in the cave just deciding to skim all of the dialogue (laughs) so that i would have to like put more of the evidence together myself and make it more challenging Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
like a detective Pikachu in a silent film. Maybe that even more Neor. <laughs> sure. Or, uh, he can only, uh, like, uh, very limited understanding of English. So he only gets some of the details. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's to gotta fill in the blanks for himself. Tim Goodman, a very foreign name. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds much like an immigrant. Well, that's what I noted on that when I, like, Tim Goodman was like, that doesn't sound localized at all. Like, I don't know what his Japanese name was, but if it's anything akin to Tim Goodman, I would be amazed. <laughs> Do we have anything else you want to say about just the basic conceit of this game? Because we've ragged on the like cons- concept of Detective Pikachu quite a lot. This is true. I feel like what I haven't really gotten across with all of this is that I actually inherently do like the idea of this game quite a lot. It's just the execution is like all over the place whereas i think a lot of it's really good but it was just made for babies yeah yeah i feel the same and it it feels overly safe too like i i really was waiting for something more creative or interesting to happen with the story and it just never really goes there well there's a whole part of this that i uh thought that i had solved the whole game in act three or not in act three in chapter three of nine or however many there are and i don't know if that was true actually at the end because it's been a while uh but like it seemed like it led on to something and then just didn't resolve it and i don't know if we want to just talk about the narrative of the game now or do it later Please do it now. I would love to learn the narrative of this game <laughs> because I was an adult and I had other things to do like bills and uh-huh. get, and getting my internet set up and <laughs> and moving things in a moving truck, mm. oiling my car, going, going buying <laughs> accessories <laughs> for my motorized vehicle. Did you, did you have to get an oil change or did you just put oil in your car because one of those <laughs> requires like a little bit of time and the other one literally is pouring liquid into a hole <laughs> look the liquid's just not sitting around you have to go get the liquid liquid has to be nearby i guess it's fair yeah but i gave up on this game relatively quickly when i realized that i was physically and emotionally embarrassing myself because uh, i felt like i was it was like two steps away from walking around with like my little pony before friendship is magic like like the old ones that were literally just toys without characterization right yeah it was i I was scared of the game and i put it down real fast and i ran away and did adult things good job taking like two steps to go around any potential brony fans that we have like i'm not gonna say anything but i don't know about enough about it (laughs) to make any claims Mm -hmm. the old one uh Okay, so did anybody else just assume that Detective Pikachu was this kid's dad yes. at the beginning of the game? Correct. Yeah, yes. I think that that's absolutely true. Uh, but, but they just don't resolve they, it. They left it open for a sequel. That seems like a stupid idea. It, it, it yeah. is, yep. but it, it's 100% just sequel bait. Yeah. I don't know. The whole, like, because at the end, you see, you did... Did you get to the part of the no. game where Mewtwo is involved? No. Mewtwo gets involved. <laughs> yeah, it, and does absolutely nothing. No, yeah, he just kind of rolls in at the end. Basically, Mewtwo plays the part of God in this game. <laughs> because he comes in and he's like, 
So did you solve the problem? Pikachu's like, not quite. And he's like, well, then I'm going to have to kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, and they, they're using his cells. Somebody got a hold of Mewtwo's cells and they're using them to make the R chemical that makes the Pokemon go berserk. Okay. And uh, Mewtwo, for whatever reason, has tasked Pikachu with getting them all back and... That's, uh, yeah, and he's like, if you, if you don't do it, I'm just going to have to, like, wipe everybody out. <laughs> Start over. <laughs> Any good Old Testament god, yeah. arbitrarily pick one person. Yeah. Give them all responsibility. That is, yeah. Like, we... Like, <laughs> <laughs> if Mewtwo is God, then we have uh, Noah is being portrayed by Pikachu. Uh, he has to get... All the R chemical and yeah. destroy it. Pretty bitchy Noah, also. Kind of, yeah, but, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? I don't know. Uh, is there a precedent in the Pokemon universe for something being really important being named as stupidly as R? I mean, I guess N, the character from uh, yeah. Death Note. No, that's L. <laughs> uh, from the fifth generation. Well, there games. is a, there is an N in I know, Death Note as well. Oh, but yeah, um, yeah. um, I think it's it works better as like an alias for a person's name. But mm-hmm. like them calling it R made me think that Team Rocket was going to be involved, and yeah, they right. never were. Which I'm glad because <laughs> we didn't need to bring that into the game as well. But yeah, yeah, I, they never gave an explanation for that. Like, if it was short for something, for like rage, or, or yeah, whatever. No, maybe it's short for children. Is what it is. It's short so children can remember it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like something a little bit more complex. I mean, it's okay if it has a code name, but like, R, it just it never sounds right in a sentence. Well, Randoxodefrin is like a really big and cumbersome <laughs> word, so they had to. I said they could give it a code name, JJ. <laughs> 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 Even if that was, like, the full name for it, they could have called it Red or something. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. a word, not one yeah. letter. It just, it always sounds weird when they talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, they, it's always it's like, like... we gotta collect all the R. Exactly, and it's always in, like, the form of an exclamation, which makes them sound like a fucking pirate, yeah. as already discussed. <laughs> it's just, like... Tim, Always it's R. R. I think they were just tired of X being the only letter that gets to be, like, <laughs> the name of dangerous objects. True. This is, like, chemical R. This would make mm-hmm. the rowdy rough boys. Mm-hmm. The, the R parasite. R. Yeah, the, yeah, even calling it chemical R sounds a lot better. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, R just does not work as a good name for a thing. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, statisticians and your st- <laughs> statistical analysis programs. You suck. But it isn't a variable either. Like it's it's literally a noun. It's a thing that they've just attributed this one dumb letter to. R is also a noun in stats. It is the name of a very famous statistical package program. You fucking slovenly slob, not knowing anything about your science and your knowledge stuff. Does it also make... I bet it would infuriate Pokemon (laughs) because they would be unable to use it to perform statistical because of their claws or tails or various appendages. One thing while I'm thinking about it is Mm -hmm. like the... I mentioned earlier this game feels a little bit like a budget title and 
they that comes uh, up with the R because anytime a Pokemon gets like exposed to it, they never really like show it as like a gas <laughs> or like anything that's like actually coming in contact with the Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like they show the scene of like the Skaroopy shooting the balloon with the poison sting, yeah. and then it pops, but like nothing comes out of it. Like Charizard just immediately is goes crazy. Right. And I just thought that was kind of weird. <laughs> That stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes it. That's how dangerous R is. It's, it's invisible. Yeah, it's like an invisible odorless gas. <laughs> it's the carbon monoxide <laughs> of the Pokemon universe. The silent enrager. Yeah, uh-huh. you need the you need the, an R detector <laughs> in your home to make sure that your Pokemon doesn't go on a fucking rampage. The silent enrager, also the name of my proprietary penile enhancement drug, <laughs> <laughs> currently marketing under the NoClip brand without any of your consent or knowledge. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I have made dollars. I thought that was weird when that showed up under our like listed domain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to buy that domain now, aren't I? You are, yes. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Silentenrager.com. Something probably belongs way early in the in the conversation. They can't stand to let it by. Like, think about the amount of risks this game takes, narratively speaking, and in its writing, compared to the amount of risks in like the first Pokemon movie. Something I know you, Andy, don't even like. I It's so bad. I know. But, like, it has dramatic content, right? Yeah. Like, they're, like it attempts to make, like, Mewtwo a genuinely scary thing. We can argue about the, like, success of that all day, but they at least aimed to try and make it, like, kind of like a more it, ominous, non-necessarily kid-friendly entity. Yeah, I feel like... The Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back, uh, has the exact opposite problems as Detective Pikachu, where they try to get too lofty and philosophical for a kid's movie. Yes, but that's my point. Like, they, 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 they were willing to try. Yeah, that's fair. But I think maybe they learned their lesson. I don't, I don't <laughs> know. An incredibly wildly successful movie that no, sold I mean, like 10 they, bazillion tickets. Not... In in that way, I think they've never done anything like that since. Bullshit. Yeah, I would I would a counter argument with Pokemon the movie three with Entame. That was a dope movie, also. That that's way memory. more. That's way more like fantasy. Like, Pokemon the movie two thousand. Yeah. We have Lugia. Uh huh. Very very similar concepts actually in all three movies. Uh huh. Another like, dramatic and, man. Pokemon is more no, of like a fantasy. I yeah, agree with and the so is one. the second movie. Mm-hmm. Like Pokemon two thousand is about like an like a the legend of the islands and like the culture it's way more fantasy pokemon the first movie is like straight up the philosophical (laughs) question of like whether or not you should clone people (laughs) like that's what that movie is about well i mean it's not a fantasy adventure at all (laughs) i mean there was the time when they addressed like the issue of like what makes a human being a part like the personhood issues yeah in the heatran movie that everyone's <laughs> I, I I've actually not seen a Pokemon movie since the third one, so just to yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think one thing we can all agree on, but whether... they, they actually are remaking Pokemon the first movie. What? Yeah, you, you didn't know that? No. Yeah. In CGI? I think. Oh man, this is gonna be dope. Can we see this, please? 
I want to see this no, video. No, okay, Jay, you're not allowed to see it. No, no. I said weed, okay. you lame person. I want you there. I won't see it myself. Sure, I'll we'll only see-, see it if I can look at you the whole time. <laughs> All right, we'll go see it. Okay. But anyway. Um, oh, yeah, there's a video game we should be talking about. Right. Fuck. Well, what we're saying is that they did not take as many risks in this game as they did in uh, no. the on the first movie. And they didn't even, like, they didn't aim high in the way that, like, Pokemon the movie 2000 aims high or in the way that, like, the Entei movie aims high where they're trying to do, like, these, like, dramatic scenes with dramatic content mm-hmm. in a game that's su- supposedly about, like, integrating your themes to some extent into this franchise. It might also have something to do with the fact that this was made by Not Game Freak. Yeah, it's made by people who are very closely involved with the game. Yeah, but I still, I still think that like when you're working with an IP that's not yours, you're way less likely to take risks with the material. Yeah, play a footnote right here. Go listen to our Minish Cap episode <laughs> yeah. for this exact discussion again. Yeah, uh, I was at, like, because my immediate thing that like jumped to my mind was they were willing to go lofty with Pokemon the movie because if they do it badly, it's an hour and a half. And if they do it badly here, it's 13 hours. Uh, (laughs) But what they went with was too safe to be exciting. And also, if you're making something under the pretense of maybe it will be bad, maybe rethink (laughs) what you're doing. (laughs) Like, I don't think anyone was, like, contractually obligated to make Detective Pikachu. (laughs) Like, you didn't go, like, look, if you don't put this Detective Pikachu game out, this is what people want. (laughs) People have been asking for it since 1997. They were like, where's Detective Pikachu? (laughs) We need this stupid hat with the folded things on the front and back. We sent out this survey, and everyone says that Pikachu would look cutest in a detective hat. They're so gonna make a 13-hour adventure game based on that. That's honestly, honest to God, not far from what they actually did. Not the survey part we made up completely, right, but yeah. like the, the main. This game has a dedicated button on like, like one. I'm gonna say quarter of all available screen space in normal <laughs> gameplay. It's taken up by a button you can press that makes Pikachu do an adorable thing. It's just like a let's play cute clip button to watch Pikachu do something. Oh, he's so, he's so cute and animated well. Also, once you beat the game, or if you scan the amiibo, uh, it unlocks a menu where you can just watch those like whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Which is like really kind of driving home that like <laughs> This was more about the spectacle of Pikachu being cute than it was about anything else. Indeed. And that's abominable. How dare they? <laughs> Where's my philosophy? Where's my action? It's so my gameplay. Do you guys want to talk about gameplay? After the break. Yes. 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 <laughs> So many Cartoon Network pirates <laughs> that steal booty and treasure from the vulnerable. Uh, I meant pilots, like pilots in a television show. Right, and like, <laughs> I am an executive. Uh, yeah, welcome back. We were d- discussing whether or not covering this game was a mistake. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh no, you pulled back the curtain. Uh, and I think that the argument that this game is not interesting enough as a failure is something that is arguably true because it isn't really a failure as no. you just said i think given its target audience this game is exactly fine but its target audience is nine yeah <laughs> nine 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 players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's weird to me like uh, you said at the beginning of the episode uh, that this came out in 2016 in Japan, mm-hmm. and we didn't get it to what 2018. Yeah, you said? It was like a, a year and like seven month yeah. gap or something. It almost feels like they should have pushed this onto the Switch. I feel like coming out so late in the 3DS's life probably hurt the sales of this a lot. Like. I do not think this is perfect for the Switch. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I just feel like it probably would have sold a lot better if it could have been like an early Switch title. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there was some desire from like the American player base to see this game uh, localized and put uh, like put out over here. Mm-hmm. I feel like the additional development time required was probably not judged to be worth it right and on top of all of that i think that the existence of the movie probably had a lot to do with it because they could sell copies based on that but even then i feel as though this game came out too early to be like a movie cash grab like i think that they thought this game would succeed on its own yeah it almost feels like they should have had like a sequel ready for the movie, yeah, <laughs> or something. Like it's weird. I I made this uh, when we went to the movies like last week or whenever that was. Uh, we saw a trailer for Detective Pikachu, and I was like, it's weird that like in the like the marketing they don't even mention the game like at all. Right. Like, hey, this is also a game, <laughs> or like based on the game, or like anything like that. And they also like, because they, they very pointedly skirt that. Because what it says in the trailer is based on the like... Worldwide phenomenon Exactly, because they're referring to Pokemon as a, as a whole, as opposed to Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Right. Like, they they almost sort of distance themselves from the game yeah. because I think that the target audience is like probably apart by like five or six years. Yeah, I mean, I, I get why they would do it. It just stands out as kind of weird to me as being someone who's aware of the game. It's right. at the very least informative, right? Like it shows that a they're trying to leverage way more than just this game, and b to a certain extent, like they don't even think it's worthwhile to direct people to this particular product. Right. It's 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 kind of weird in that extent. Like someone who wrote the movie, who I probably should have looked up because we I knew we were going to talk about the movie at some point. Reynolds Ryan. Yeah, Re- Reynolds Ryan, <laughs> writer. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, like heard about this game, heard about the concept of the game, potentially played the game, and said this would make a mo- like, we could make a movie out of this. Oh, yeah. that ludicrous is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I, uh, I'm inclined to agree with that idea. Yeah? Like, because I think that the setting is fine. Like, set, like, Rhyme City, which we haven't mentioned at all, because guess what? It's not that fucking interesting. No. Uh, <laughs> 
is in itself like a totally benign setting that you can do pretty much anything with. Mm -hmm. uh, as well as just basically the concept is just what if Pokemon interacted in a realistic setting, run with it. And I think that's what they did. Uh, yeah, the potential has, or the idea has a lot of potential, I mean to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and like I was getting at earlier, I, I think it's, however it happened, I'm glad this got made into a movie. Because I think the concept deserves like another shot. Yeah. Let's take a step back from our like narrative and writing criticisms of the of the conceptual project here taking for granted that this had to be a game the game that we played on the ds uh is there any way that we could have made this game better like from a purely mechanical perspective like this is a very old genre right mm -hmm. I and mean, we've played several games for the podcast before that function similarly to this is there a way we could have made at least that angle of the game not boring and sad? I had actually a thought, because when I wrote down that this was, like, the Quantic Games version of Pokemon, uh, I actually kind of... The, the thing that spurred that was the insertion of these, like, quick-time event mechanics. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, they're quick-time they're quick events. They came and went so fast, I just left them... <laughs> Yeah, they they're work, so rare. Yeah, they work exactly the way the um, in Xenoblade Two. There's like this little diving salvage uh, mechanic where you can get like parts, uh, and they work exactly the same way, but they're way faster, and the the windows to get them time them correctly are way smaller. Uh, and this is just like the most easy baby version of that. That you could possibly have. Right. And they I, move so slow. And like, the window is so huge. Yeah. And if you fail, nothing happens. That's the thing that sucks because I remember in the beginning, the on the first I think the first Quick Time event before I knew that it was a thing. Because mm -hmm. frequently what would happen is whenever a cutscene would start playing, I just put the DS yep. down and watch it instead of like holding it in my hand. So I missed the very first one, but it is is Pikachu falls out of a tree. And you can catch him if you do it correctly, or if you don't do it correctly, falls on you. And I was like, hey, they actually have something for if you fuck these up, so I should be more attentive and make sure that I hit these. Later in the game, you have to jump between a truck and a roof. And it's another quick time event, and I missed that one as well. Once again, wasn't paying enough attention, didn't expect it to be a quick time event. And uh, it just restarts you. And I hate that. The If David Cage directed this game, if this was... <laughs> Uh, Fahrenheit or heavy rain or whatever indigo prophecy the the detective Pikachu version of it if you fuck that up a totally separate story like even just a detour would have happened and I feel like that would have made the game better on it from a mechanical standpoint yeah I, yeah it's definitely a very good point yeah, the heavy rain comparison is is an apt one the, the lines on which you must follow in this game so strict like even out taking for granted the how much the game forces you along the like oh let's make sure you understand the logical relationship of all these things there were several times i think the first one was in litwick cave where like 
I wanted to walk over and talk to something in a different order that the game wanted me to. And they were like, oh, they're not going to wake up right now. Go go, go back. Go to try and walk over there. And then now we've set up the dramatic beat where you go talk to the Litwicks and wake them up. That's, that's also the one. Like, that one is maybe the worst in the whole game where it doesn't even need you to do something it literally just you have to go to the other side of the cave to so that something is visually represented on screen and then go back but i'd already gone over there and so it works against it where in order to babify it they actually made it more likely for you to screw it up if you had the like wherewithal to just go back and look that one suffers from being such a small space Mm -hmm. like you can you have access to most of the pieces you'll need right away but it just doesn't let you have them until it's needed but uh for your original question uh other than just lifting a template from like point and clicks or like telltale games or the king's quest remake or (laughs) reboot i mean you know that kind of a thing uh i can't really because i am not a game designer uh (laughs) on the spot think of anything i would do to improve it but uh other than what chad's getting at like more variable things even with like the how the cases can play out could be interesting as well. Yeah, I mean, it would be an idea to like, allow you to sequence break by the virtue of just figuring something out early. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that they don't want that to happen because of how strictly they, they railroad you. Yeah, but... I think part of what makes the game so easy is because there's not very much noise, as you want to call it, like stuff that's like red herrings like stuff that's just there to kind of like pull your attention away from the things that are actually important Mm -hmm. this game lacks that and you need that sort of thing when you're dealing with like puzzles or you know like gathering evidence you know you need more uh pieces so that it's harder to find the right ones that is so perfect this game feels like a jigsaw puzzle with exactly 14 pieces total. <laughs> but it's still really big, so each piece has a lot of information. Exactly. It. <laughs> yeah. It's big so you can't swallow it in your stupid baby mouth and choke <laughs> and die. This is, yeah, if uh, 999 was like a, 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 a four, ages 14 and up <laughs> jigsaw puzzle, this is the ages 5 and up jigsaw puzzle. Mm-hmm. And then the age 16 and up jigsaw puzzle is like, broken age i guess yeah maybe is there like an age like 21 up and up explicit jigsaw puzzle it's 21 and up because you have to be drinking to (laughs) to put it together (laughs) because that would be dang and run (laughs) true uh yeah so that covers all of the old mystery may games (laughs) welcome back to mystery may everybody uh but yeah, I think I think honestly, like I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with the mechanical design of this game. I think that it's all in tuning. I feel like if things were a little bit more complicated, but I also sympathize because like you couldn't just add a hard mode to this game because in order to like you would have to rewrite the game, like all of the mechanical interaction in order to make the puzzles more complicated. And even when they get more complicated, they double down on telling you everything to do step by step. Uh, yeah, I think more production value could help a lot as well. Like, 
adding like some more voice acting and like interjecting more like personality and engagement into talking to people and Pokemon, that kind of stuff. Just in- injecting more personality overall into the game. Like when you, okay, when you played level two mm-hmm. and you met, what's her name? Mm-hmm. Amelia. Amelia. Do you even remember the name Amelia? Because no. I didn't. Nope. <laughs> well, I, t- <laughs> I remembered it because she, she, her, and whoever her manager is yeah. show up in, like, every location you are, which mm-hmm. made me really suspicious of them. Right. <laughs> but they, sh- they should not be main characters. I know. They, well, Cause it's because they have no character. Exactly. I mean, what's her name, whose name I don't even remember, does have a character in that she's, like... Quippy and a go-getter. The secretary? No, the uh, like the short-haired reporter. Oh. Yeah, up and coming. Gotcha. Yeah, street talking. Right, the plucky one. Yes, and it's a shitty, overdone, tropey character. Mm-hmm. But it is a character. Whereas it feels like Amelia is just like she's a blank white sheet of paper that they wrote her lines on. <laughs> like she's a very boring and and does not really. And she's, like, the love interest. <laughs> yeah. It makes no sense it, at all. I, I feel like, because, yeah, Tim Goodman is oddly just supposed to be that Joe Everyman. Right. It's they, like they're <laughs> having a white-off, really. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like they, he's, like, supposed to be, like, the audience surrogate, you know, like, protagonist character. And then they're like, well, I guess the, the love interest should just be that, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what kind of women people are into, so don't pick yeah, one. Yeah, just project whatever you want onto it. Right? Yeah. Do you, Tim Goodman, take <laughs> Tina Goodwoman? Fuck me, I can't speak. This character sucks. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at with this. Okay. Uh, literally the last like note that I even had for this was just Tim Goodman is such a bland do nothing character. Like I was so frustrated by him by the end of the game that like I just didn't care about him anymore. I wish he had been taken away by that Neuburn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would have been killed. Yeah. Give Detective Pikachu some grim motivation. Yeah. Set up for that for the sequel, sequel way better. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is one not for you. Yes. Uh, JJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you remember the very last thing you do in the game, which is defuse a bomb? And I don't get this. I don't <laughs> understand why you have to defuse a bomb always. Like, <laughs> you had to defuse a bomb in the surgery game. <laughs> you have to defuse a bomb in fucking every other game that ever was made. I, it's because. It's a good way to add, like, a climactic moment to, like, a story-driven game. Like, it's a high-tension, high-stakes, like, you know, like, nerve-wrecking thing to do. And And it fits into a mystery story. And it's the DS, so the DS is, like, very good for bombs. Did you... I feel like you had to defuse a bomb in 999. You're the, I assumed you diffused multiple. Don't don't you don't you do it in trauma center? Yeah, that's yeah, what I was that's saying. A, that's okay. what surgery game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, there's a bomb in, in that. Which I made the same joke before, I guess. So you know, go back. Atlas shrugged uh, to hear the original version of this gag. But one more time, Detective Pikachu, fucking smart as he is, looks at this bomb and goes, "I've seen this bomb before." <laughs> 
it's what it's one of these bombs. A Simon says bomb. He didn't say that part, but that's what it was. Lights came up like different colored lights, and then he pressed on the lights in the order that they came up. Who would design a bomb like that? <laughs> like I realized that the weird neutron star bomb from uh, uh, Trauma Center was a weird bomb, all things considered. <laughs> But at least it was more bomb-like than literally a child's game that was duct-taped to their doomsday machine. Like, it makes no sense. That seems in Team Rocket's M.O. Uh, well, I guess, if you consider it as Team Rocket, but it's being... This guy's like a... The ultimate bad guy of this game, who isn't God, Mewtwo, uh, is like... Keith. Um, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a ponytail. Yeah, who is like in the pocket of like these media moguls and that you like, never even see. Who, yeah, you don't see the shady boardroom that is like di- that is you know dictating all this stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. But basically, they create R using stolen research from a thing from like a, like ten. 15 years ago, something like that. In my mind, uh, I, I thought it was the uh, experiments that like Giovanni and Blaine did on Mewtwo in the original Pokemon games. That could very well be it. Um, but they, they create this thing that makes Pokemon go crazy, and the way that they choose to use it, after attempting to sell it in an auction, which is weird, but yeah, I'm not even going to... It was a black market auction. Yeah, the black market auction that takes place on a cruise ship, I guess, every year? International <laughs> waters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except I don't think it is, because there's just an island on the other side, so they're in, like, a river, and there's no fucking way that this is, like, the... Maybe, I mean, it is Japan, so, like, there are islands everywhere, but, like... I I'm, think, yeah. I'm getting way off topic <laughs> on this. Either way, Black Market Action, they try and sell it, and you, like, don't, you, just, you've had this whole thing where they have to set up all this shit. I hate the auction part. <laughs> just, just gonna say. I couldn't tell. Yeah. And then they're just like, well, what, we're just gonna release it around cameras <laughs> so that we can shoot it and then put it on the news. <laughs> That's their fucking master plan, is to bring in more viewers and get higher ratings by filming Pokemon that they staged. Which is not only the plot to, like, eight different movies, but is also a stupid plan. Because, like, your plan could very easily murder you. Like, because you're making uncontrollable Pokemon. All right, this is... I'm going to take the step back here. But why this trope exists? Mm-hmm. Is, tropes, is trope exists... Because people fucking hate auctions, <laughs> they despise auctions, and I, I and I I genuinely think thirty years time, this is going to become so saturated in media that people are only going to associate auctions with like capitalist dystopia. Mm. Like it is already the idea of like a hometown auction that like we are all very familiar with very quickly glowing completely out of any kind of representation media because who the fuck goes to auctions since ebay like <laughs> who physically walks to auctions except for people who don't have the internet or like knowledge or stuff or have billions and billions of dollars yes yes you yeah. go there to, to like show off your billions and you bid on the thing jurassic world did this like it's just something you do so that all the evil rich people can be in a room together and be like ha ha i'll buy death with money and, yeah. and they do already do that I, i'd push back on that a little i think like auctions are still a thing like it's a common way to buy like used furniture and things of that nature and i i think what that's used so often as a way to just make people look 
evil because what's being auctioned off is usually a living thing and showing people bid on a living thing like it is property mm-hmm. makes people look extra evil extra right. slavery in yes. yeah it's slavery bad yep yeah in this case it was like a chemical and like a cloak mm-hmm. uh, it was oh can weird. you actually buy that yeah and have pikachu wear it if you okay. succeed then you get the stuff and Cute. you can actually use it i was confused by that i was like I don't have any money. No, you're, you use stolen money <laughs> to bid on stuff at an auction and then keep bid. it. Uh, yeah, so I, I tried to bid on it, but I didn't want to bid too big because I had no money with which to purchase the thing. <laughs> they say that you take some other dude's card, the guy, uh, like the, the guy see, that you bust. It's because I was skimming dialogue. Right. Oh, yep, and it has like that. $7 million on it. Uh, and you have to bid based on like this simple formula that they explain to you after you talk to everybody in the whole room three times. It's really time consuming and tedious and the end result is nothing. So, because when it gets to the thing that you actually care about, the R, it just it, it just stops. Like the game is over and then you stand up and you confront the guy in front of everyone making your whole disguise completely unnecessary. Well, you just needed it to get into the room. Right, yeah. Okay. I would like take this moment since we kind of got away from mechanics discussion quickly because the mechanics are rote and boring and uninteresting (laughs) there's just not a whole lot of it there isn't i think this game and many games like it are an example of a cardinal sin in detective like logical inference based game design that we have already moved past from, but no one associates those solutions with detective-based things because we already have this history of detective games that do it wrong so consistently. Mm -hmm. I think the best detective game I've ever played was Gone Home. I think if you're going to make logical inference the core appeal of your game, you've got to accept that you can't handhold people through that. Like, you can't narrow the track enough to force the progression in the same way that you can do it with like literal xp based progression systems you just have to try and direct attention in smart ways that allow people to make the inferences themselves with as little outside direction that's openly visible as possible like having a light on that your eye goes to when you get into a new room Good example, because I don't think about the designer behind that light. But when a little thing flashes on my screen so that Pikachu can come up and be like, do the thing you were already doing, do it now. (laughs) And then he leaves and then you continue doing the thing because you need that Pikachu there in case someone wouldn't know that they had to do the thing. Like the thing that makes a logical inference actually rewarding is the way that it makes you feel. So the more hands that begin to guide that conclusion toward you, the less earned that it feels at any given time. And that's more true of these kind of logical inference-based game designs than it is of tons of other, like, different kinds of mechanical incentives that exist in these kind of games. Like, even something like moments in Dark Souls, like the third one, where you have to figure out independently that like, oh, this dragon sitting position is something that I can use way, way back in the past. And if I do it here, you get rewarded with this teleport and you learn this new thing. Mm -hmm. Those are the kind of moments that I want in games based around detective principles. Uh, I I don't need that structure. That structure normally gets in the way. 
I agree with that. I think that uh, one of the larger problems and the reason why this sort of like setting and everything doesn't sort of narratively work the way that you want it to is because when you couch this as something that you're doing as a detective, you, the player, 99.999% of the time are, are not a detective. Mm-hmm. So it makes it seem like in the grand scheme of things that the, like I was just complaining about with the Simon Says Bomb, that the detective that is the subject of the story is an idiot. Because if you can't figure it out, and a detective would have to figure it out, then your game is too hard. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I feel like if you're designing a, tech to, a detective game, like as a game designer, you're probably constantly worried that you're going to make the case too hard because mm-hmm. the player isn't a detective. Because <laughs> uh, like, I feel like from games that I've played, there's like m- multiple ways you can approach a detective like mechanic set. Uh, there's kind of more what you were describing where you just drop a player into a scenario and like kind of let them connect dots as to like what happened. You see that a lot in like um, the Witcher 3's quest design uh, is a good example where you can just come across something that's probably related to a quest and not have it, but you can still read the situation, follow clues, and end up at like a cool scenario yeah. or you can do something more like Danganronpa where there's a mystery that happened you gather a bunch of evidence but then what that game does that this one doesn't is it puts it all on you to put the pieces together right. and that's a, the other kind of challenge I think you can have and Danganronpa gets away with it because they get to seed clues in to make it easier to put things together but all while putting you under time pressure as well. So, which time is pressure. another thing that doesn't exist in this game. Yeah, time pressure and red herrings. A lot yeah. of the actual, like, very silly systems yeah, in Megan Rock were like all I was about introducing noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, her story, another example of a way you, you can design these kind of investigative games in a way that progressively provides players with more and more hints over time, but still puts the onus on them. Because, like, that's the that's the trade-off that you want, right? Because you can't have... It sucks when you're given a puzzle that requires a certain amount of intelligence to solve, or just a certain amount of information to solve that you missed, or just, you know, shit happens, yeah. and you can't solve it, and you get stuck there. So you need some kind of system in the background that exists that can push people toward the solution. But, like, it would suck in a fighting game if you had a system where if you missed too much, like, a fucking avatar from the sky would, like, come down and literally, like, bend your fists to make contact (laughs) with the people who are hitting you. And that's the equivalent of what's going on in these detective games often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and and that's the... I can't talk enough about how much I think the design of of her story, like, really epitomizes, like, letting the player make their own inferences... Uh, in addition to the fact that like it doesn't tell you when the game is over, mm-hmm. which is very important for that game, but understandably does not work in a lot of other places. <laughs> Interesting random thought uh, from this discussion is Home, the oh, game yeah. that we talked about on Pocket with Daniel and Janelle, uh, is a really interesting experimental like riff on this idea where... The evidence that you find and the conclusions you make from it determine what the story is mm-hmm. in a really interesting way. Just uh, random. Yeah, it's like a re- it's like the reverse version of her story. Where yeah. Rather than 
ne- never having an ending and only having references, uh, home rebuilds an ending out of what your inferences yeah. theoretically would be. They're both really interesting systems, and Gone Home is like the more pure version of this where it does have an ending. Games, right? <laughs> uh, it has a it has like a determined ending, and what you find is up to you to make the inferences to figure out what the plot actually was. Uh, and then this game just like takes the skeleton out and rather than build anything around it, just ships it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, narratively speaking, the game is really good, uh, like really well designed, really well animated. Uh, I think all of the art assets are at least decent for a Pokemon game. The music is actually is fine. The music was really bare bones, I thought. Like I said, it's fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's one thing I associate with, like, more, like, visual novel or story-heavy games is they usually have really great music. Mm-hmm. And this one kind of... It didn't have bad music. You're, you're, I think you're correct in calling it fine. But, like, a lot of the instrumentation felt, like, really stripped down. Like, it felt kind of cheap Yeah, in a way that was weird to me stood out cheap just connected a dot in my mind this video game is like lucio o's like it's like (laughs) cereal whose whole appeal is like the thing that it's attached to brand wise and it has no substance of any kind it is just cheerios i thought you meant that detective pikachu could have been like a fictional game in the Pokemon <laughs> universe and then just became a thing based on popularity. That also could work. <laughs> I was I was hoping that like in like gold and silver somebody's like, oh what are you playing? It's Detective like, Pikachu. Pikachu. <laughs> uh, on that good good note, and I'm gonna check my notes to make sure that I'm not uh, on that good, good note, I'm going to check my good, good notes. <laughs> on that good, good, good note, I'm going to check my good, 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 good notes. <laughs> I have some very stupid notes uh, that I do. I do want to. I just want to say this one. I don't really yeah, care. Yeah, dude, just just rifle them off. Yeah, because uh, I also yeah. have some stupid, stupid notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are bad, bad notes. <laughs> uh, Repetition. <laughs> this is. I marked down middle of case two colon. Harry is Pikachu. If this is true, this is the worst mystery ever. And then in quotes I've written, the case of the disappearing cookies. A guy who loves cookies is always nearby. (laughs) In that, like, they keep drawing these parallels between Harry and Pikachu, making it seem really obvious that this is the... I was hoping it was a red herring, but then they just don't resolve it. Which is the worst of the three options. <laughs> I, I think they they hint at it really strong early on, and then they kind of drop it as to make you forget, like you want to do with a twist. But then they pushed it for if they do a sequel. Right. I've written this game is really consistent with the main Pokemon games, particularly in how shallow all their news content is. <laughs> uh, and then the one thing that I actually did not bring up because we were too busy shit-talking, but I actually think is a great thing. I actually, the, the Pikachu in the bottom 
corner of the screen, I think could have been used to an amazing effect because Pikachu, always being with you and always being able to hit a button to bring him up, can tell you things about the game world that you yourself as the player are unable to do. And they do this a couple of times. In the in the, the Litwick Cave thing, you can tap on Pikachu and he'll be like, oh, there's a wind blowing. You as the player can't know that there's a, a light breeze because they're not going to put like an obnoxious sound effect over it. And they can just have Pikachu tell you. Pikachu can tell you if it smells bad. Pikachu can tell you if it's cold. Pikachu can tell you all kinds of shit that is like not a thing that you're able to, to discern, but they just don't use it like that. They use it like that sometimes, but it's in the, it's buried in the middle of crap I don't care about. Yeah, but you don't want to put that behind a button. You want that to just be something that's like diegetic. You want Pikachu to just say that while you're walking around. Mm, did I say that it, they implemented it well? <laughs> <laughs> Eh, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of the button. Like, how, how would you know when you needed it? I, I feel like I, I thought in my mind I kept thinking of it as like the good version of like a Zelda companion where it's just like instead of having them chime in to just tell me shit when they think I'm not doing what I'm supposed to, mm-hmm. they give me the option at any time to ask if I feel like I don't understand something, which I thought is like a nice way to implement like a hint system right yeah jj <laughs> what i'm sorry was it a ter- was it terribly useful no Not really no but i thought that the the theoretical like good version of this game in my mind i think could benefit from having that yeah Sorry, I was thinking about any other video game. Right, yeah, it was that's fair. Video games far, far away from here were holding my attention better than this active conversation about <laughs> Detective Pikachu. And the only other thing that I had written down, but it's been too long since I've played the game for me to bring up any like useful examples, was just Pikachu is, and then in quotes, old-fashioned. Uh, I felt like Pikachu himself felt like kind of the dirty old man stereotype in like an anime. And you I know, thought that was very weird. Yeah, they, they characterize him as, like, the gruff detective. Right, yeah. yeah. And he's, like, he's always talking about drinking coffee, and if this wasn't so heavily aimed at kids, he would be smoking cigars, too. Like, right. kind of like the this kind of thing that, like, Bender often parodies in Futurama, where he just, like, is smoking and, just smoking and drinking on TV make me cool? Yes. yes. <laughs> But uh, they they're kind of going for that angle, mm-hmm. but toned down for rated G. Yeah, it's the rated G version of this, which just makes him like a little creepy. Yeah, it, it does all. come up. Yeah, it's definitely missing a few pieces, which makes it creepy. Mm-hmm. But that's where I'm at. And on those notes, do we have final notes? <laughs> you guys know what I think. I'm bored. This is boring. I mean, in fairness, I do believe that our show is all about getting people to know what we think. (laughs) So I sure hope that they do. (laughs) Do you have any? Is that all? No. (laughs) It's your turn. Okay. Um... I, I, as I've said a number of times already, I thought this... I feel like this is an idea with a lot of potential... And I did find myself enjoying it on, like, that base level, that, like, the, the kid in me who, who likes Pokemon a lot uh, was able to kind of just, like, enjoy bumming around the Pokemon world. But uh, 
yeah, it's just the plain implementation and the fact that it's so easy really uh, keep it from being... They really hold it back. Uh, I wish they would have been a little bit more creative and or ambitious. And I hope the movie does well and is good. And maybe we'll see another uh, a Detective Pikachu 2 that is better. That's rated T for teen. That's rated T for teen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's that's what I got. Yeah. I think that we're just, we've aged out of this game. This is mm-hmm. similar to if we attempted to play a Freddy Fish game for the podcast, or I feel like... <laughs> See, I actually feel like those have held up. <laughs> I, I think I could still play Putt-Putt and enjoy it. Sounds yeah. like we have to test this. <laughs> I th- this is a pocket, if anything. Mm. Uh, I would totally be down to do Putt-Putt Saves the Zoo put, or whatever. Pocket. Yeah, Putt-Putt Pocket. But uh, anyway. Yeah, so we'll uh, maybe come to a conclusion on that a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think I just sort of I think we all kind of came into agreement on this one. Detective Pikachu as a concept is really good. The game is polished, and like you could tell that there was care put into it, but it just wasn't like... The low difficulty kept it from being engaging past the nostalgia of just feeling like you actually got to interact with the Pokemon world, which I do genuinely love, and then not being able to really engage with it because it wasn't asking very much of you. Thank you for listening to No Clip this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about the return of the Obra Dinn. Fucking finally! <laughs> After I went to get the game, I was like, shit, is this a sequel? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Yeah. That's just the name yeah. of the game. And uh, unless we don't run into uh, some technical difficulties, uh, Dan will be joining us. Yes! On the episode. Yes. Uh, the, the technical difficulties are potentially very likely. So we'll <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try and figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and that will be concluding Mystery May because of the nature of... Time. Time, <laughs> months, and mm-hmm. days. Uh, we're going to be releasing it one day early, so you're welcome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com, uh, where you can find our email address, our Twitter, our Discord, and uh, as well as all of our old episodes. Uh, you can follow us on 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 YouTube, <laughs> iTunes, and Google Play uh, <laughs> to get all the new episodes as they come out. And you can go back and listen to all of our one bazillion old episodes. Uh, there are secrets on the Discord for you to find. There are also secrets on the website, <laughs> but you would have to do some digging to find those. Uh, there are bigger website secrets. Work up to those. <laughs> they are they are a tall mountain to climb because Chad is stupid. Mm-hmm. And our our end of episode. Uh, joking is going to go a little bit shorter because it's about that time of year when it's now a thousand degrees <laughs> when we record. Um, goodbye. This is still a bullshit portion of the <laughs> podcast. You have one more test left to go, then you get us on task. All right. This is a tradition, and I don't like your liberal values coming in. <laughs> <laughs>